Good morning. This is Sandra on the Holy Grail. Today we're going to talk about cleanliness. Very important subject that gets overlooked. I was reading in Leviticus this morning the Levitical laws of Moses laid down by the Most High God regarding cleanliness of being, i.e. the body, and cleanliness of the soul, the heart, the mind, and the spirit. But let's start with the body. Hygiene, as we're taught at a very young age, is very important. It's extremely important to bathe every day. I bathe twice a day. I think most people do. I would think. I don't know. Maybe not. You should. You should bathe when you wake up and you should bathe at night. To me, that just is good common sense and good hygiene. We should obviously clean our fingernails, wash our hair, wash, yeah. Things that should be very fundamental and common sense practices we find in other cultures is not. I lived amongst a bunch of people in a apartment complex. It was a multitude of, quite a, a 17 buildings or something. And it was predominantly a certain ethnicity, which doesn't matter, um, from another country, obviously. And they just don't have, collectively as a ethnicity, do not have the same hygienic code or laws or whatever that we have here in America. Most Americans that were born and raised here bathe every day, use deodorant and so forth, brush their teeth, floss their teeth, wash their hair, clip their nails. The reason I bring it up is not to ostracize some ethnicity or some other culture of people, but it should be just common sense to, to cleanse yourself from sweat and all the other things that we don't need to mention. It always amazes me, and I think it amazes a lot of people, when we come upon people that you can tell have not bathed. It's offensive to anyone. I don't care how godly you are. Odor is offensive. It's offensive to God, too. The odor of the reason, well, let's talk about this for a minute. God commanded the Levitical priests to wear fabric that didn't sweat. Linen, which is a non-synthetic fabric that doesn't sweat. It, you know, it, it wicks out sweat. So it does start with the body, cleanliness. And that branches out into cleaning your house, cleaning your car, cleaning your garage, your stable, whatever property you have, cut your grass, weed your garden, keep the shingles on your roof up to date, thatch, whatever it is, keep it in order. God is orderly and he wants order from the body inward. So that's why we start with the body. 
be clean, have good, good, clean habits. It does a multitude of things. It keeps you healthy and safe health-wise. This is what, what are we learning with the whole pandemic? Germs flying all over the place. Which in some ways, I'm kind of glad if there's an upside to the pandemic, it's this. People are cleaner. Forcibly, but they are cleaner. Because they don't want to die. <laughs> That's exactly what God was teaching the Levites and all of creation since the garden. Do this and don't do that. Not because it's a set of rules that don't matter. It matters very, very much. There's all kinds of disease you get from filth and squalor. If you leave your food out on the counter and, you know, you get the idea. You have to be clean outwardly and inwardly. So now let's move beyond the body and the external areas of cleanliness, our home, our car, our stable, whatever, and move inward to the heart and soul which is, again, the soul is the personality and the will of a man. When I say man, I mean humanity. The heart and soul is defiled by the fall. We're unclean. All, we're all unclean because we're defiled by humanity. Humanity is fallen, which makes us all unclean. So, in those days, they sacrificed animals to cleanse them of unrighteousness through the priests, the, Levit the Levitical priests. They brought them their sacrifices, and they were sacrificed on behalf of whatever the sin was. And there's a whole list of them. Go read the book of Leviticus. And the takeaway is this. It might seem very cumbersome, and antiquated, but it's not. Let's talk about a man laying with a woman during her menstrual cycle. The reason God says not to do that is because she's impure at this time. She is deemed impure, even though it's a very natural uh, effect that God has put in place biologically, physiologically. He still deems it unclean, she's unclean because her menses is impurity leaving her body. It's the sloughing of cells that didn't create an embryo. There was not fertilization. And so it's a sloughing. So in other words, when there is not the created design of uh, making a baby... I'm not saying just because you're not pregnant this month, you're dirty. <laughs> but it is impurity that is being sloughed. It is a time that she should be, um, we should always be meditating on God. But I think it's really important for a woman to meditate on her womanness, on the reproduction process that's within her. I, you know, I'm not saying... <laughs> that you have to do this every 28 days. That's not what I'm saying. But it is a reflective process that should be looked at. Look at what a woman can do, you know, provided that she is not barren. A woman creates life. 
A man implants his seed inside of her body, and the dualism of that creates life. And it's beautiful. That is beautiful and pure. The impurity of the Menzies, like I said, is impurity. She's sloughing cellular debris that's washed away by the blood. Jesus Christ died on the cross. His perfect blood washes away our sin. So it is, um, in some ways, a, a very... Uh, in many ways, again, it's a cleansing of the cells. Jesus Christ's blood cleanses us of sin. There's a parallel there. I'm not saying we're, you know, cleansing anyone of sin. That's not what I'm saying. But there is a um, unique parallel there. The life is always in the blood. In an animal, in any created being, there is blood that is alive. Even the tree has sap, which is its blood. I mean, not to go on and on in some in-depth talk about God's creation, because that would take a long time. I'm talking about cleanliness, and now we've gone into with that sidebar of the impurity. It was just an example of a woman that should not be touched during that. I, it still remains. It's not antiquated. It's just gross. It's gross. A man putting his penis inside your vagina while you're bleeding is just gross. Period. I'm going to leave that there. We're going to go to the heart and soul, which is the same thing. The feelings, the, the, the ego, the will, the personality. This is what needs to be cleansed because it's defiled, as I said, as I digress there for a moment. It's not exactly a digression, but it was a sidebar. The Bible says, be holy for I am holy, which comes out of Leviticus. can't remember the exact number of the chapter and verse at this moment, but that's where it is. Be holy, God says to the people then and now, be holy for I am holy. Now, can we achieve unto holiness and be that? perfect and clean? No. But Jesus Christ did. Jesus Christ is that sacrifice back to the blood. When Jesus Christ came on the scene, came to earth, he came to cleanse us of our unrighteousness. Those of us that would believe, we go back to John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth upon him shall be cleansed and, and, and shall have everlasting life. You can't be clean without Christ. He is the sacrifice. And everybody needs it, or you're not clean. That is what God's rules, laws, precepts, and commandments are. Now, you can deny them if you want to, but they still remain. I always tell every unbeliever, atheist, whatever you want to call them, it doesn't matter if you believe in God. He is still the sovereign, whether you logically understand that or not is is a moot point. You're not God, 
and you didn't make the rules. I'm not God, and I don't make the rules. These are the rules set down for all humans in every tribe, in every creed, in every race. It is not changeable or interchangeable. Everyone is guilty. In Romans, it says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all in the same boat. We're all unclean. You need to get clean. We need the Savior of the world to clean up our sin condition. So, the first thing, if someone said to me, what must I do to be saved? Which people said to Jesus, a few of them said, what must I do? And he said, follow the commandments of what I told you to do. Thou shalt not have any other gods before besides me. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In those first two commandments, which are deemed the most important, because you recognize you're not God in the first one, and in the second one, you have to treat people with the redemptive power of God being inside you. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you then become a part of God's family, and you are now supposed to act like it, which we don't. We're the king's children, and he's like, you need to act like the son or daughter of a king, and not the son of, or daughter of the son of perdition. Satan is deemed the sons and daughters. The people that follow the world are sons and daughters of perdition. Bastards. Unclean. So, you have to be clean. You have to be holy. It's not a recommendation. It's a law. And God will hold us to the loss. When people say, we live in the grace period and we're not living in the law, that's not true. You have to follow God's laws. Now, there has been an amendment since Jesus Christ came. There's an amendment. We can't live the 613 laws that there are. I think it's 613. We can't live those laws, but he did. And now he is the sacrifice for our sin nature. And we have to follow what he says. And it starts with the commandments. Recognize I'm God. Recognize you're not. And treat people as you would like to be treated. All through my childhood, my mother said to me, the, the old King James version of that golden rule that we all know of to some degree. And she would always say to me, do what thy wish, do what you wish to be done by. How do you want people to treat you? Treat them thusly. Again, it's not a recommendation. It's a commandment. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Do not sin against your neighbor. God holds you accountable for how you treat your family members, your everybody. He holds you accountable. He holds me accountable for how we treat people every day. He's watching. My sister always says to myself and her daughter, God's watching. She's been telling me that all my life. God is watching you. There are also watchers. 
from heaven watching. And that's all they do is watch. So don't, don't think for a moment you're not being watched and that you won't be judged because you will. I will be judged. I have to be clean because he said so. We all remember that, uh, that retort when you said to your mother, well, why? Because I said so. Because she's a she or he, your father or your mother or your guardian in, in that case, when you are a child, is, is, they're the law. Hopefully they're, they're living the right law. But they are the law of the house. It's because I said so. You don't, we don't have the ability to go to God and question the law. You can, but he is in, has no requirement to tell you. It's because I said so. Now, you can kick against that all you want, but it still remains. Truth is truth is truth, and it doesn't change. It doesn't change in modern times, and it didn't change in ancient times. What God says is forever. So we must be clean. And I'm not going to go on in every aspect or tenet of what cleanliness is, because you know. You have a conscience, and you know. Do not steal, do not lie, do not commit adultery, don't be a homosexual, don't be a lesbian, don't, all the don'ts need to be adhered to, specifically. Not for religiosity's sake, but because God said so. It's really quite simple. Be clean. Every day, Attain unto holiness. Be holy, for I am holy, says the Most High God. Clean it up, folks, just like I have to do every day. I have to repent every day for the sins I've committed, and they're usually related to anger or short, you know, some f- form of short-temperedness. I need to die to that temper. Whatever people do to me, I'll let God deal with it. I'll let God deal with them. He says, leave room for my vengeance. You're not perfect enough to judge your neighbor, but I am. That's a very good rule of thumb right there. The next time you want to get vengeance upon someone that has wronged you, recognize that you're wrong too. That's humbling, isn't it? That's humbling. It puts you right back to where in the right posture before the Most High. You're, you, you know, he would say, uh, "Excuse me, you are not above the law either." And I told you that my vengeance is what you are to leave room for, not your own. So remember that when you want to haul off and give someone a piece of your mind. I need to talk to myself. No. It doesn't mean that you can't defend yourself, but you need to do, I need to do it. I'll speak to myself. I need to do it according to the law. The law applies today, folks. It's not been abolished or dissolved. Jesus himself said, and I will speak it. I did not come to change one letter of the law, but to fulfill it. And he did. And we can't. But we must follow him because he is the law. I am the truth. I am the way. And I am life. This is Sandra Kelly.
stay on the Holy Grail.